Live with another episode of Say It To Me Nice Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking all things that have a negative impact on desire and arousal. If you remember last season, I talked about the difference between desire and arousal. Desire being the mental or the wanting to have the sex, right? The desire, right? Hence the word desire. Desire to have the sex. Arousal is your body's physiological response to stimulus, stimuli, whatever the correct plural word for that is. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. But before we get into the actual episode, I want to give a shout out to one of my favorite TikTokers of all time, one of my favorite female podcasters of all time. That is Brie Blazing on TikTok. I need y'all to stop what you're doing right now and go follow my girl Brie on TikTok at Brie, B-R-I, Blazing, B-L-A-Z-I-N-G. I'm really mad that I just spelled that for you. Like, I'm not going to put it in the show notes. Check it out in the show notes. As of today, she's at 9,200 followers. We need to get her at 10K, 10,000 followers. So if you are a fan of Say It To Me Nice, I promise you, you're going to love her content. She's also the host of Auntie's Toy Box Podcast, a podcast about sex, dating, and relationships, and some pop culture from the lens of a queer, BIPOC, introverted millennial. She's dope as fuck, y'all. All right, let's go ahead and jump right into the episode. The first thing that comes to mind when I think of things that have a negative impact on desire and or arousal would be SSRIs, or serotonin reuptake inhibitors. These are medications often prescribed to people who are living with anxiety and or depression. And although they are very effective for the symptoms of depression and anxiety, they have a negative impact on your desire to have the sex as well as your body's ability to respond to stimulus. So how do you overcome that? First thing you do, you want to go to your whoever prescribed you your medicines, be that your PCP, be that your psychiatrist, where, wherever you got your medications from, you're going to go back to them and you're going to have a, a very raw, honest conversation about sex. Having a conversation with them about how this medication is negatively impacting your sex life and see if there are other options available to you. That's one way. Now, if you just love your medication and your medication makes you feel the way it is that you want to feel, but you still need some support around your sex life and desire and arousal, you may want to enlist the support of a sex therapist. A sex therapist is a licensed mental health professional with some expertise, education, experience in working with people who are navigating sexual concerns and dysfunctions. Important thing to remember about listing the support of a sex therapist is knowing whether or not that person is licensed in your state. So there are a ton of well-qualified, dope-ass sex therapists. And I don't want to give you a whole list of them because they may not be licensed in your area. But what I can say is it's okay for you to interview licensed professionals in your state and interview them and ask them whether or not or what is their expertise with working with people who are having sexual concerns. What education have they had? I can make recommendations for the state of Louisiana. 
those of you who know, I actually live in Louisiana and I have two dope ass therapists who I want to give a shout out right now. The first one would be Shamira Howard. She is actually the first black sex therapist in the state of Louisiana, period. You can find her on IG at sexologist Shamira. Again, I'm going to put her handle in the show notes as well as her therapy practice in the show notes. The second would be my good friend and said to me nice alum, Bridget Maiden Williams, LPC. She is the only black sex therapist in upper Louisiana or in North Louisiana, and she's accepting clients right now. You can find Bridget on IG at Therapy for the Culture. And again, I'm going to put that in the show notes as well as a link to her website to book services if you are in the state of Louisiana. Bridget only right now services clients in Louisiana and she does allow for telehealth services. Shamira, I do believe, but you want to email her and ask her, but I do believe she's also licensed in the state of Georgia as well. If you are living in another state and you know a really dope sex therapist of color in your area, shoot me a line on my Instagram at said to me nice podcast. And I would love to give them a shout out and get some support their way. All right. The next thing that I feel has a negative impact on desire and arousal. The one thing that is near and dear to my last motherfucking nerve is when you're navigating through financial concerns financially difficult times or whatever positive spin I want to put on that. But in reality, when you are living brokely and I'm trying, I'm working on my own money mindset. So I only want to say that you broke, you know what I'm saying? Not that because we're, no one's broke. We're not broken. Right. We just be waiting on the next paycheck real hard, like real bad. You know what I'm saying? And even and let me, and let me, let me be very clear. I understand that I, I live in a place of privilege My definition of broke ain't everybody's definition of broke. I have a hardcore Target habit. And for me, I can't go in Target and spend like $20. You know what I'm saying? I got to have at least when I walk into Target, I need to have an extra $250 to feel fulfilled when I leave out that bitch. So again, I recognize that money issues look different across the board. So I'm not minimizing anybody's experience when I say this. I'm just saying where I'm sitting right now, there are things that I want to do where money is a concern, like Target. Don't come for me. Don't come for me in my fucking comments. Don't do it. But seriously, though, financial concerns have a negative impact on your desire to have sex because so many people get into the mindset that, I need, I need to find a solution to my money problems. That should be my main concern. I'm either going to work myself to death. I am going to succumb to this capital, capitalism. Jesus, I don't know why this, that word is so hard for me to say. I'm, because I'm going to succumb to capitalism. I'm going to have a fucked up quality of life in the pursuit of dollars, whatever the case may be. And they put pleasure on the back burner. I'm here to tell you that you are able to experience pleasure despite what your pockets look like. But I do recognize that that is a concern for some people. So I'm not going to be like other people and tell you, you should get an accountant. As someone who has had an accountant before, that shit is expensive. It's real expensive. 
I don't have one presently because of how expensive it is. Let me be very, very clear. But let me tell you what I do have. I am a member of a credit union. My credit union offers support or money management support as a part of being a part of their credit union. So you want to look in your area for reputable credit unions that offer some level of money management support to kind of help you take control of your finances and show you where your holes are. The holes for me is food, groceries, eating out. I eat all the things all the time, and that is where my money goes, there in, in Target. Don't judge me. If you are banking with, I have a credit union, but I also bank with a large banking corporation as well that ain't helping me with shit. So credit unions are dope. If you are with a financial institution that does not offer money management support, but you still want some free support, you can go to Pinterest. Everybody that knows me in real life knows that I swear by Pinterest my entire life. Anything that matters to me, I have a Pinterest board for it. I have a Pinterest board for my son and activities for my son. I have a Pinterest board for his school lunches, right? I have a wedding Pinterest board where examples of my engagement rings, the type of cakes I want, the activities that I want to incorporate within my marriage, um, ideas about like all kind of shit. Like if you can dream of it, Pinterest fucking has it. I have a wealth Pinterest board and I don't know if this is possible. So I may be editing this part out because me and technology have not been friends as recently, but I would love to offer the link to my personal wealth Pinterest board on Pinterest. So if I can, that that link will be in the show notes as well. But it has things like um, saving challenges that are realistic. You know, I, one thing I hate about some saving challenges, there's like, oh, save $400 a week. Bitch, where? And I recognize some people can do that. I aspire to have a, a, a salary or, you know, say it to me nice, blows the fuck up. And I'm able to to save five and six hundred dollars a week, and all of all of my life is is glorious financially. That would be great. But I'm talking things like ten dollars here, fifteen dollars here, at most seventy five dollars one week. Like realistic money saving challenges for people with realistic day to day, especially in the motherfucking South, salaries, right? Also, if your money concerns don't look like everybody else's money concerns, like like me, if you can afford a money mindset coach, I would highly recommend you working with a money mindset coach. Oftentimes, we have the finances. The number is not the problem. The, the amount of bills that we have may not be the problem. It's how we manage the money that we have, and it it, it is oftentimes our Issues are oftentimes based in traumas connected to money or our negative thoughts about money or just not having the best relationship with money, which is oftentimes a generational curse. Listen, I could talk about that all the live long day, but if you can afford to work with a money mindset coach, I would highly recommend it so they can improve your relationship with money. I personally don't have any recommendations for a money mindset coach. 
If you know a really dope ass money mindset coach, by all means, again, shoot me a DM on at Say It To Me Nice Podcast on IG so I can give them a shout out as well. If you are not at a place right now where you can afford a money mindset coach, again, Pinterest, because many money mindset coaches, ooh, say that three times fast, they have Pinterest accounts where they offer free tips, techniques, ebooks, audiobooks, things of that nature that will allow you to, like a little bit of insight on how to improve your money mindset and money management skills. All right, the third thing that is having a negative impact or possibly having a negative impact on your sex life is insecurity. Now, this is a personal one for me. And I'm not just talking about insecurity, like self-esteem issues or how you see your body. I'm talking about not being in a secure relationship. I'm not going to sit here and lie like I have never had sex with someone that I did not fully trust. To be fair, frank, and honest and extremely transparent, I have, in the majority of my sexual relationships, there's always been an element of distrust there. So the, the sex hasn't always been what it could be as a result of that. Now, I'm not placing blame on anybody. There, there's not a blame thing. Actually, I'm lying. I'm going to blame myself because for me personally, I should, I don't, I presently now, because your girl out here healing in these streets, um, I don't desire to to have a sexual relationship with anyone that I do not trust. That is for me, sex has a lot going on and a girl like me be doing a lot. <laughs> but I feel like if I can't trust you with, with the parts of me that are the most important to me, that I should not be fucking you. But it does have a negative impact on your ability to receive pleasure. And it most definitely impacts your ability to want to initiate or engage with that person. So how do you overcome that? Number one, if this is a relationship that you want to keep for whatever reason, there is no judgment here. If this is a relationship that you want to keep, how do you create an environment for yourself that opens the door for trust to be built. As someone who has lived through infidelity, the one thing I will say about staying after some, there has been a level of infidelity, and that means whatever infidelity looks like for you, if you stay, you cannot expect for yourself, you, you don't want the relationship that you had before, right? You have to commit to having something different. And for a lot of people, that may look like we need some additional support from a um, relationship therapist or a marriage therapist. We need some extra support. If you're religious and, and the church is a place of peace and clarity for you, if, if your pastor is, is progressive and your pastor is invested in the growth of the people in his, con his or her congregation— Sometimes that's not always the case. If if this person is of value to you, can you go to them and, and get that support? But again, it has to be a mutual decision. Both or all parties have to agree to go and get that support to help salvage that relationship. Again, you could also look for a licensed mental health professional, a licensed therapist, 
on working with couples overcome and regain trust and regain and spice up their love life and sex life after infidelity. Now, on the flip side to that, I, I do want to acknowledge that if you have dealt with an infidelity or a history of infidelities within your relationship and you are not, because we, we like accountability here, if you are unable to navigate through that pain, that hurt, whatever feeling that happened, you do not have the right to make your partner's life miserable. You do not have the right to make yourself miserable. And some people are not going to agree with me on that. And I'm okay. I'm okay with that. That's cool. But I will say, if you are going to decide to stay with the person after infidelity, you have to learn to create a relationship that you did not have before that infidelity. You can't expect to go back to the way things were because the way things were did not work. So you're, in essence, having to create an entirely different relationship with this same person as you navigate forgiving them and rebuilding trust in that person. It's quite literally, as someone who who had that experience, it's hard. It's extremely hard. But I'm going to tell you, it is your right to pick your heart. If that relationship means that to you and this person is truly remorseful and want to build, that person wants to build with you, y'all have to sit down and create a space to allow that to happen. If that means both of you go to counseling together or seek support, if counseling isn't for you, and I say counseling because I come from the mental and behavioral health world, but if that's not for you, figure out what is. Do you have a spiritual advisor, a spiritual guide? Do you, you know, a clergy, if you're religious, you know, a clergy is that you can go to and that you trust that's going to feed into your relationship holistically and not just based on their own personal opinions on what marriage and love should look like, because that's important. If y'all could do that together, but also you receive your own individual path to healing, because you have some wounds as a result of that infidelity that you may need to work through separate from the person that you're with or the person that that caused that pain for you. And I say that because I want to be fair. I recognize and it would be very hypocritical of me to say that, oh, if someone cheats on you, you just leave. I recognize that is not everybody's reality. That is not what everybody wants to do. And it's really not what everyone should do. Some people can rebound from infidelities and have a much stronger, peaceful, uh, reciprocal relationship. But it takes both parties to be committed to that. And I do think that is possible. All right, y'all, I can go on and on and on about this one topic because this really is my jam. I work with women on ways to overcome things that are having a negative impact on not only their desire and arousal, but the things that are having an impact on their ability to just experience pleasure or define pleasure for them. If this is you, if you find yourself not wanting to have the sex and it is having a negative impact on your relationship, if it's having a negative impact on your self-esteem, 
if it's having a negative impact on you, period. I offer one-on-one sessions for women who are wanting to navigate those sexual concerns. If you are ready to improve your sex life, if you are ready to define sex and pleasure for yourself outside of what society told you, if you are wanting to improve your relationship and improve your sex life with your partner, book a session with me. I'm leaving a link to my website in the show notes, specifically my booking site. If you are ready to create a plan to having better sex, increasing your chances of having an orgasm, tackling that mismatched libido, meaning your partner wants to have sex more than you do, but you want to want to, right? If you are ready to make that shift, I am ready to support you in that. Feel free to check out all of my products and services. And if I am not the counselor or coach for you, still reach out to me. I have this beautiful network of women of color in the sexual health field. And if I can't, I promise you, I could connect you to someone who can. As always, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Say It To Me Nice podcast. If you support the pleasure of black women, please share this episode. Share the entire podcast with your family, with your friends, all folks who need this information, who would benefit from better understanding sex, pleasure, and intimacy. Remember, pleasure for BIPOC women is an act of rebellion. Pleasure is your birthright. Never forget it. See y'all next week.